Hi, my name is Sean Taylor. That guy down there is Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. Welcome to The Legend of Korra, Book 4, Balance. This is Episode 4, sorry, Chapter 4. I do that every time, I think, every week. It's called The Calling, and I'm very excited to talk about this one, with all due respect to the last one. But before that, Chris, how are you doing? What have you been up to? I'm doing good. I've been knee-deep. And uh, action figure repainting, like it's been taking up uh, a lot of my time and stuff, which I, I've just been really, I always get into a random hobby and then I just get full deep into it and then I kind of get over it. Like I told my wife that she's like, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> but, but when you get actually deep into it, like you actually sort of really experience it. So maybe not over a big chunk of time, but like you actually fully yeah. dove in, give it a try a little while and then. You know, I don't know, like gives you a real experience yeah. of it instead of just, just yeah. Like it's, it's, it's not that like I lose interest in it. It's just like I usually come to like some type of completion. Like right now, I'm doing like a bunch of black. But right now, I have like a bunch of black superheroes that I'm uh, repainting and trying to make. So I got like a black Superman. I mean, these are like legit comic characters, not just random black Superman. His name is Valzad, and I got Black Lightning and a couple other ones. And there's like six other ones that I want to do. And then once I do that, I'll be kind of done repainting action figures and customizing them pretty much. It'll go back to more of a thing I do sparingly. And so that was the same way with like when I did mosaics and stuff. You were kind of completing um, a set right now. A Yes. Well, you know, you'll have to tell me if this is inappropriate, but it came to my head. It's like black action figures set. The black It just feels I am trying to, yeah. Yeah. Somebody has to have said that before. I can't be the I can't uh -oh. be the first person, but um, uh, it no, was an episode like of Scrubs where in your mind where you've kind of hit what you wanted to do, and you're like, "That's the art project. The inspiration is is complete." Yes, yeah. Really, that's what I'm working on. That's a it's a lot of fun. You start a lot of fun just to transform Scrubs, though. You can't you can't tease oh, the Scrubs. Yes, so sorry. There was an episode of Scrubs where JD was trying to record. An episode of Dr. Acula, or trying to record his own Dr. Acula, which if you don't know, Dr. Acula is a story about a vampire because you take Dr. Acula and take that period out of the doctor and squish together. It says Dracula. <laughs> but, your, your JD cadence yeah. is perfect. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so he's recording. He's recording with, on, his, on some type of video recorder, and, and Turk is in it. And he wants Turk to be like this really offensive stereotypical <laughs> black character and he's like turk more blacker this time <laughs> and then he says <laughs> and then he says black chin you know how directors say action he says black chin and then turk's like oh you want blacker huh and then he ends up beating jd up <laughs> and taking the starring role oh my goodness <laughs> That's, uh, that's, I'm going to say, uh, uh, JD, peak, peak JD offensive, probably. Yeah. <laughs> then, so I'm, I think I've, uh, I'm sort of still on the Scrubs rewatch, but the more I rewatch this time around, I know it's just how, like, terrible of a person JD is oftentimes, 
just, I mean, he's not a terrible person in general. He's a great person in general. Like, he really cares about his patients and stuff like that. But sometimes he does stuff just like, why would, like, it's, some things are serious. Just like, why would you do that? Like, that's mean that's, or, or stuff like that. It's supposed to, but, like, help us as characters, as, be, as people relate to him. Like, hey, we're trying really hard to be good people, but you have to, like, keep an eye on all these little, like, micro things that you do that are really fucking stupid. Pardon my language. Uh, yeah, it might be some of that, yeah. yeah. Because, like, when you watch him, you actually get angry. Like, why would you ever? Yeah. Like, there was a time that he he was going to, he was trying to have his cakes and eat it, too. He was dating this one black girl. It was like, gosh, she was, anyway, um, beautiful woman. Um, and, like, he was dating her, and she was like, ah, I don't want to, don't want to, you know, have sex yet. And he was like, oh, you know, that's fine. And he really wasn't fine with him. But he had a chance to hook up with um uh, what's her name? I mean, her name was Molly in the show. She was in Austin Powers, The Spike Who Shagged Me, and uh, yeah, she, <laughs> is she a visiting or uh, what is she? Yes, is? she's she's like a psychiatrist at the hospital. Um, can why can't I think of her actual name? Um, kind of a hot actress, and she is. Yeah, she's, she's very hot in the show a lot yeah. of times. That's the idea. Um, like she hasn't he has an opportunity to have sets with her. If if he gets Elliot's permission, oh maybe that's not that. Anyway, but if he has, he tries to like, oh well, maybe I can go have sex with Molly. And but like he then decides not to. And I think he actually tells his girlfriend that. But then she's like, why would this? Why would you even consider that? Like, well like, yeah, JD, like, why would you even consider? But why are you just putting that out there so casual, like man? Yeah. Like he wanted to be like, oh well, Molly, like not Molly, but I forgot her name. Like, you know, I could have had sex with her, but I didn't, like, because I really want to be with you. And it's just like, uh, no, that shouldn't have even been. Yeah, not super like, helpful at this you point. You shouldn't. Jay. You shouldn't have to question yourself. Yourself. Anyway, that's uh, gross. No, I do vaguely remember. I wish I could remember the actress's name. I cannot. Never my strong suit, of no. course, actress names, but. Yeah, uh, it's not. Chris, I have gotten to start building a PC, which uh, is very exciting. You know, I consider myself fairly nerdy, but I've never had a good, uh, good kind of high-end gaming PC. That's like the optimum nerdy thing to do is to build your own PC. That's you've reached Nerdvana. Nerdvana. <laughs> that's what I'm going for, Nerdvana. Which is funny because other people, ooh, I should, like, I should... build serious PCs would probably look at mine and be like, Pff. but the. All I've really learned about PC building is that I am still just an incorrigible cheapskate, and <laughs> spending money on things is not really in my nature, and PCs are expensive. And I have, I've even managed to, um, I actually have a surprisingly good GPU, long story already, so I don't have to buy it. That's like the most expensive part, and I'm trading video games for the CPU. That's like the second most expensive part. <laughs> So I only have to do the expensive parts, and I still, every time I'm, like, putting money out for this, it's, like, killing me inside. Do you know what CPU stands for, Sean? Central Processing Unit. Yes, correct. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so even I, just, was... I took a, I took in fifth grade, I took a computer class after school for some reason. I guess it was maybe some type of gifted thing. And I always remember what CPU stood for, Central Processing Unit. There, and you know what? There's a lot of acronyms in PC. No, I, even my current one, I kind of built, but built like much cheaper. Like it's building a PC that turned on and functioned rather than trying to build something highly functional. But uh, in a perfect world when it's done, 
it's going to be able to run my like three TVs in here for like work and play and stuff. But then it's also going to run two TVs in our nicely remodeled, hopefully, living room so that there won't be like cords or anything. We'll just be like fancy people who just have the TVs on the wall with no cords that you can mm. see. And that'll be yeah. that'll be pretty exciting. Now that's that's the pinnacle, right? If you don't have cords, you've made it in life because cords equal lack of success or something. I don't I don't know. That's what they say. That's Not me. Say. I got. I'm looking I around cords. all the cords I can see in plain. I can grab 15 cords without moving out of my chair right now. In this room, this is a very cord heavy corner. Anyway, build the PC. Very excited for it. Hopefully, a little faster at editing videos and the like. That's right now uh, and chris do you want to jump into a, a very entertaining episode yes let's get into it the calling all right so we start off uh with the search for cora the Arabian kids tenzin has tasked them with finding cora and uh and i love one of the things i love about legend of cora that thing does really well is it builds family dynamics and this is like biblical of, of 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 sibling dynamics like siblings can be so annoying especially at this age with them because they're kind of at different ages but Milo's like at the age of like he doesn't he doesn't process other people's feelings and he he doesn't care about them because he, he doesn't have empathy yet and so he's kind of a jerk uh Janora is like so old and kind of above it Oh, and trying to be the responsible one because she's the oldest. And then uh, Icky is in the middle there. Um, and so I just I just love that, that dynamic they got going on there. And also, I I love their character redesigns. When it comes to like, I don't I don't love the redesign of of their suits. I think for some reason I, I don't I don't like their glider suits and how they look. Something about it that I think is too geometrical like it's it's less whimsical I don't for an airbender i feel like like that they're going for the superhero thing like i want them to look more sort of technical functional rather than superhero-y but i don't look more thinking. nomadic and flowy more yeah. flowy yes more fluid more but more i will say this i do love uh i do love their um, like their their new designs for their like hair and stuff. Uh, you know, Milo now has hair, and uh, for some reason, Iki's hair is like is different. You can tell that she's grown, and then I love how Janora's hair is growing in. Like she kind of cut her hair, but she still has the. I'm glad they didn't keep her bald. I think this looks yeah. a lot better. Her arrows coming through. She has a nice little bob going on. So I just want to point out the good character designing going on there. Besides the fits which is a huge part of care design but but care design also you know used to really tell a story and i feel like this compared to last season you really see how much the kids have grown and stuff like and they were, even with their even with their heights glasses to show that i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> the doctor's gone the doctor's gone <laughs> <laughs> it is very sometimes i get nervous airplanes airplanes <laughs> the i like that that like it's very it's subtle character changes uh 
it's not unnecessary, but it's subtle, but it's noticeable that it'll go overboard or anything like that. It feels like a very natural progression. Yeah. Um, and then Milo's like, hey, I, pay, I drew this picture of Korra. And then it's like hyper-realistic. Korra <laughs> doesn't even match the universe, which is so funny to me that he's, well, that he's really, and it gets like, wow, that's really good. We should learn how to draw. He's like, I got many talents. Still the same kid, just slightly more grown up. Um, so I, I listened briefly. I wanted to listen to the whole entire commentary, but he was. I first thought that Brian uh, Konietzko had done that drawing of Cora because it just looks like a drawing that he would do. But he gave it to this other like designer guy named uh, Ryu. And uh, and like he goes to him because he's like, hey, we need kind of a realistic drawing of Cora. And then in the commentary, he was like, so we're in a meeting. He he did the drawing like in a meeting, and he came up to us like, hey, is this kind of what you were thinking? And then Brian was like, no, that's it. Like we're gonna use that. <laughs> like imagine just being in a meeting and you just like you know we've been in meetings plenty of times just in you know, and sometimes you're doing stuff because you're kind of just bored. But imagine being in a meeting and you just. Draw a beautiful picture, <laughs> like the talent it takes is a. Uh, I would be terrified, even if it was a good picture. I'd be like, please don't. It could be a good picture. I'd be like, I don't, that's not the intention of the doodles with the yeah. blue ink pen during a meeting. It's yeah. on no, that's notebook paper. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what they said. They were like, he was like, no, don't don't do that. I can do something better. Like, nope, that's <laughs> that's the that's raw what we're energy that we are going for. Yeah. Um. The thing is, M- Milo's skills is actually gets gets greater than that. <laughs> like he does this whole self portrait of himself later on in the season, and it looks like a 14th century Napoleon, 14th century maybe uh, painting. I that seems totally to forgot about Napoleon that. was probably what the same. I don't know when Napoleon was alive. No, I, my history. Really I don't. I would def- deface history with my attempt at a guess. Yeah, probably 16th. <laughs> anyway, not important. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so they they keep going looking. Milo does meet the love of his life, <laughs> which is Milo got some game though. He he really does like uh, much better than his grandfather. He, and, amen. He <laughs> has a natural so papaya. That's 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 Aang's best line. Is so papaya. <laughs> but it's he is a natural. I would not lead with that personally. I wouldn't. Wouldn't try that. Well, I can't. I can't talk. I don't really. I've. I've never tried pickup lines on anyone, Maybe. ever. Well, I. Uh, I mean, I try them on my wife all the time now. She loves me, and they. Well, yeah, still are that's funny. Yeah. yeah, they still are unsuccessful. I mean... <laughs> um. Yeah. I think. Yeah, what I tried good. the other day was I would never want to play hide and seek with you, because someone like you is impossible to find. And she shook her head. She <laughs> shook her head, That's and she job. left the room. And <laughs> that was the end of that conversation before it started. Uh, but Mila says to her, "Like, first of all, he does good by saying, like, hey, can I trust you? That's a good start off, because you know it's not too uh, too strong.' Anyway, he eventually gets to the point where he's like, <laughs> "So, what can I call you besides beautiful?" And then. <laughs> Which that, that feels uh, it felt smooth, it felt natural. Yeah. 
Good for and him. also, I got to respect her because she's clearly older than him. And he was not intimidated by that at all. Shoot a shot. Yeah. Hey, kids, shoot your shot. Have you seen that video of this guy at halftime? He's like in a hot dog suit. He's, he wants to shoot like a half court shot to win something. And the announcer lady is next to him. She's like, oh, what's your name? So this is before he goes and shoots. She's like, oh, what's your name? He's like, uh, everyone calls me Johnny, but you can call me anytime. He grabs the ball, runs to half court, shoots it, makes it. Everyone goes crazy. That's incredible. It's Everyone calls me. Johnny. I think and he call me anytime. That's <laughs> like just the audacity to say that line and go and nail a half court shot. If you miss that good. shot, we're still amused, but you make that yeah. shot, so now it sticks. Now it's a thing. Oh, yeah. It's a hook. You crushed it, yeah. man. And even she was like, she had. She was like, whoa. And she's like, it's almost like she was like, hmm. Let me go call him. Now that, that he guy just won fifty thousand dollars. Maybe I'll give him a call. No, it's more like now that he's won a lifetime supply of tacos from Taco Tico or wherever. Way more <laughs> impressive than fifty thousand dollars because I'm gonna get my fifty thousand dollars out of tacos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Mila, we anyway, drop so, your game, son. Yes, uh, <laughs> Mila, screw that, and then. So then they like, oh wait, and then so Janora can't find her because Janora can't lock on to her spirit. Um, and then they get some type of lead. They find the fisherman guy who was um was Saltcore earlier. So they're like they got some type of lead here, and then um Icky gets kidnapped by some Quivira. Uh, henchman type of stuff, and I just love that she feels no danger. <laughs> like even in the background, like there's a one point where they're talking to each other, like, "Oh, this is Tenzin's kid. Like we should, we could get this Kavir." Like she's in the background, she takes her hands out and she like scratches her nose, and then she puts it back in the in the ropes, <laughs> just to show how much in control she is of the situation. <laughs> and then, and then she eventually turns them on her side. She's like, "Uh, she's." They're like, hey, we should get your family go. She's like, no, I don't want to be my family. I'd rather be with you guys. Which is just so funny how she just doesn't. She, well, she's so annoyed by her siblings. And she's like, she's really cool with it. She, and then she eventually, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's it's pretty admirable how she plays it, though. Yeah, and she eventually gets them on her side. <laughs> like, she, like, sweet talks some sort of on her side of, like, oh, they're like, hey, we can help you find the Avatar. And she's like, "Oh, really?" And then she like takes her arms out of the, <laughs> out of the ropes, and, it, and I'm, it's a one thing that seems to be a callback to when Aang was like in those, in shackles, and then he just like gets out of it, and then he puts his arm on it. When the, in, in the episode, I is, he, is he talking to a jailer or something like that? No, he's, he's talking to other people in prison, and he just because because shackles. Yeah, because he talks to them, and you know, they're and one prison guy is like, "So this girl you're into, like, she's gonna come around. You're the Avatar. You're a good kid." <laughs> and one guy is like, "Tell her how you feel," and a tear comes down. He's like, and Angus like, "You guys are great." <laughs> it's, it's that same as that thing. Like, 
I kind of want to do a whole video about just how the three kids are just all different personality traits of Aang. Parallel. Like, but separated. Some parallel tropes, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, like, Janora is very spiritual. She has, like, still responsibilities and stuff. And she's probably looks, she looks, definitely looks most like Aang, especially when she was bald. That's kind of uh, what Icky. you want with your, with your kids, though, is that it's like seeing yourself in little parallel universes. Like, it's me, but with yeah. this. Yeah. Icky is, like, very trusting and stuff and kind of has a very light heart. And then Milo is that, um, is that trickster, right? And Aang is that trickster step. Uh, caricature um so all three of them kind of have separate qualities that ang had but uh so then so that's kind of the part where their plot ends uh to a certain extent so they kind of match up with the b plot or the a plot actually i would say in this case the a well they're, they're pretty i'm gonna say, I'll say they're, they're, the, they're, i'm gonna say they're the b plot but it's close it is close. I mean, they, the story starts off with them. The episode starts off with them, and I, I'll probably yeah, I'll probably say uh, I don't know. Depends on anyway. how you weight the chronology, I suppose, right? Like if it, who came first matters. Yeah. Uh, do a, do a time stamp. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so back to Cora. Cora is talking to. Uh. Cora is talking to Toph, and. There's something really interesting about this episode. Like, Toph's mannerisms are almost like an exact match of how her mannerisms are in Avatar Last Airbender. Like, for some reason, this episode, more than any other episode, it just all feels like Toph. It's really interesting because just a little bit of commentary I could listen to. Ryan was like, he was talking to one of the animators or something, and he was like, this episode, like, Toph, like, even her mannerisms are all the same. Like, he wasn't sure why that happened he was like did you guys like watch old videos on this and stuff and the guy's like i don't know like <laughs> and, and brian's like you should take credit for it all like even if you don't know it worked out nice yeah just run with it yeah because there are certain Toph does certain things that Toph can be really rude especially when she talked like Toph laying up her legs on something not really paying attention to you or looking like she's not paying attention to you also might help that she's blind and she doesn't have to look at you to mm-hmm. you know oftentimes when yeah like when you're talking to people you're like you make eye contact and you're focusing on each other and Toph doesn't it probably comes off as rude Toph probably doesn't think about it really probably she comes off as rude but to her it's not social norms even before she left society yeah yes um but she but also she has her heels kicked up and stuff uh there's one part where Cora's like tapping her feet and Toph just Toph raises the earth below her legs to, to, to stop it. And Toph also has this thing where Toph will invade your space with earthbending, kind of without your permission. Like, she's moved... I can't think how many times she has just moved Sokka out of the way of, of something. Just like just or obstacle meant to be, meant to be replaced, yeah. you know? Sokka, but, you don't even count, like, man, sorry. Like, that would be rude if i was like sure if i was doing something annoying like tapping my like leg but then you just grab my leg to stop like no if i just ask me to stop like you don't have to but yeah that's tough tough can be rude yeah i really enjoyed that, is that aspect of it 
Oh, and then, yes, the funny part. Because <laughs> Cora's bored. Cora's like, oh, uh, how was the teaching Aang how to earthbend? She's like, ah, I threw some rocks at him. He was being all whiny. Sokka got stuck in a hole. Like, <laughs> Top is not the greatest storyteller. She doesn't care. And then she's like, oh, okay. And then <laughs> and Cora, like, trying to, like, get some nuggets out of her. It's like, oh, how was it facing the Fire Lord? I bet it was exciting. And then Toph was like, oh, it was hot. I was on a blimp. And I think a giant turtle showed up at one point. Like, I mean, she nailed also, it. She's doing the best she yeah. can with uh, limited information. True. It's with the senses that she had. I mean, she could have been. Okay, I'm, I'm probably giving her too much credit. Because she could have been like, oh, yeah, I remember. Like, like Sokka holding on to my hand for dear life. Like, she could have told a really good story. But that's not. Top. Top was like, whatever, it was the past. It happened. She could have been, I'm not. Uh, died. Yeah. Repeatedly. Like, <laughs> like, like, I was literally. Saga was holding on to me just by the fingertips. And then Suki came back out of nowhere and, <laughs> and crashed. She somehow took over that blimp, crashed into the blimp we were on, and then we landed on the blimp. On plural occasions, we were almost dead. Let me elaborate. Yeah. Also, and then at the end, also there was a, a giant lion turtle thing. Yeah. Uh, but that part was uh, really good. Like, to me, this is, like, really good off stuff. Uh, anyway, and then... Toph also just makes a good... You know, we had some commentary last episode about old people not getting uh, less outspoken... And Toph already being that way, she just makes for a very entertaining old person. Yeah. Exacerbates her her more amusing qualities. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so then Toph, like, sends Cora out to get some mushrooms. Even though Toph is like, Toph knows what's going to happen. Cora gets a bunch of visions of, like, her past, like, lowest moments. Vermont taking her bending away of... Unavatu ripping out Rava and of Zaheer and them trying to kill her in the Avatar state. Like, really traumatic stuff. That's kind of a uh, crazy... I mean, I guess you could draw some parallels, but having unique storylines instead of a single overarching storyline, it's like, uh, Korra's got some some cool scars that maybe Aang doesn't quite have the ability to have. Obviously, he was basically dead once too, but like having a definitive yeah. ending to three prior seasons. Yeah, like there's something terrible doesn't happen to him in each season. Like season one ends like something awesome. I mean, yeah, so the, awesome. <laughs> yeah, he turns into a giant fish. It just lays waste. Uh, season two, he does nothing physical happens, but emotionally he loses Appa. But that doesn't seem to like come up as like, oh, this negatively impacts him. He did get shot by Azula at the end. So he's got a, a but, Ascar. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't, like, these things aren't, they kind of just bounced off of him. He moved past them relatively he didn't quickly, have, especially to He didn't to really have a near-death experience in his mind, or at least we didn't notice an emotional impact. But, like, yeah. with Corey, you, you're working on, you've got three seasons worth of, like, pretty, <laughs> pretty heinous scars. Have, yeah. Heavy, heavy trauma that would have changed her life. It is and continue to change her life. 
Like that damage is like almost irreparable. Scars yeah. are. That's the idea. Emotional, physical. Yeah. Scars don't really heal that well. Yeah. Uh, so then she talks to she talks to Toph, and uh, Toph is like, "Yeah, I thought you might get some visions like that." And she's like, "Why would you show? Why would you want me to see all the terrible things that happened to me?" She's like, "You keep fighting your past. Like, how do you expect to face your enemies of the future when you keep still fighting the ones in your past?" And then uh, Toph does some really cool, you know, she's like, you know, think about it. Like, maybe the swamp is trying to teach you something. Like, your enemies were trying to, you know, do good, but they end up getting all, you know, corrupt. Like, Amon wanted equality. Um, Unalak brought back the spirit. Zaheer wanted, wanted freedom. Like, these aren't bad things separately, but you have to be in balance. And she was like, I can sense you're out of balance. Um, and this is when Toph becomes like the good teacher that Korra needs. Like, you know, Toph is like, you know, I'll help you. Um, there's one aspect of this that I really, one part of the conversation that I really, really loved. Like, Toph takes her to the banyo tree, which is beautiful, uh, it's beautiful art. And she's like, You've lost your connection, like, you. You shut yourself off from your loved ones, and that has hurt you. And I think there's a underlying message here about when you're going through trauma and trying to recover, that shutting yourself off um, is not the way to go about it. You have to rely on those loved ones around you. Even though you feel like they might not be helping you, you still need them around. It's heavy emotions for for our podcast. Um, and I think another thing that helps it land is maybe again, I'm probably giving Toph too much credit, but maybe again that it's Toph when she shifts tone mm. so, uh, so extremely from her usual, it kind of yeah. grabs your attention. Again, I don't want to give her too much credit here, but I think that's a big, a big plus that it's coming from Toph. Mm. Yeah. Um, also, that's, it's a good... To me, Toph's character art... Um, it's funny, I had this whole conversation with people about on Twitter about Aang not having a character art. You don't like to admit it, but he doesn't really have a character I mean, he has growth and things like that, but his beliefs don't really change. To me, character art, at least your beliefs change. Uh, to be more specific, like the lie you say yourself, you have to confront. Um, Aang doesn't do any of that. But Toph actually does have a more solidified character arc, right? So her character arc is like, she doesn't need other people. She started off being like, I don't need you guys. Like, I can handle myself and stuff like that. And it's really amazing to see her giving the opposite lesson to that she learned to Cora, saying like, you need people in your life. You need to stick with your loved ones. Like, they're going to help you. And you don't really notice all the time how much she has changed or if that is stuck or if really anything has yeah. worked. But then you get these little glimpses that are very uh, vindicating for her character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Milo and Iki is... Uh, Milo, Iki, and Janora uh, try searching the swamp. Oh, I meant to say Milo, yeah, he's being annoying. But I don't I'm not like mad at Mila for being annoying because that's what he's like. It's not like kind of doesn't go against yeah. his character. 
That's um, just how he do. Yeah, and also he's a annoying little brother or something. Like siblings yeah. just Yeah. Like suddenly my daughter does something and I'm just like why like she'll get annoyed that my son does something. I'm like, why would you even be annoyed by that? Like that doesn't like I feel like you're just being annoyed by him just because like he's what what he's doing right now doesn't really affect you. I don't I mean they're they're all great. They're, my daughter's a good big sister, both her little brothers and my little son, not middle son, he's my first son. He's he's a good big brother too. Um but uh they you know they they do they sibling things. Every that, sibling does. Yeah. Sometimes they're just yelling at each other. I'm just like, Josh, just shut up. Like, go sit down. <laughs> I don't tell them. I've never, I don't think I ever told them. Uh, You're talking I think about once I told my daughter plastic, shut up. you know, heaven knows what it is. Like, <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, Toph takes Cora to the banyo tree and, uh, and Cora connects to it. And then she immediately sees Janora, which... I just, I just love this whole moment here. Like she sees Janora and like this little spark energy connects to Janora, and Janora's like, "I know where Cora is at." And then Cora's like, "Oh, I found Janora." She's like, "Her and Ikimila are like right here." And Tom's like, "Good. I hope they're coming here to take you away." That's <laughs> 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 such an old person thing. But just the, and then yeah, just just the sheer thought of them. Puts a smile on Cora's face, this genuine smile, which I'm just like, I don't know, because, you know, I've listened to the Raven Elements podcast a lot more, but I'm, I'm just more and more impressed with Jane Varney's voice acting, mm-hmm. I think, than I, than I have been. I've become, I, just be... I'm probably too biased at this point because of the podcast, <laughs> like, I've become a little yeah. smitten with Janet. I would love to meet Janet Varney. That would be, for some reason, I think out of all the voice actors... Mm-hmm. I would love to meet Jenna Varney. You should like screenshot all of the times that she likes your tweets, and so when you meet her, be like, "Hey, <laughs> I know we haven't met in person, but yeah." Oh, did you see this on um, this week's uh, Jason Manzukis was on the podcast? No, was he really? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, Chris, you've predicted the future. Uh, no, I, I know, all right? This week yet, but that's I mean, again, whole Brooklyn Nine Nine bit. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's and okay, so he kind of feels like he's in everything right now. I don't know why that is, but I think it's just because he's in a lot of the shows that we have in common, probably. Yeah, yeah, but like things I've heard him on his podcast. He has a great podcast called "How Did This Get Made" with uh, the other, well, the other guy from the league, ball guy. He's in those T-Mobile commercials well, now. His name is Andre, but I don't know in the league. I don't know what his actual yeah. name okay. is, but. And his wife is his wife is on it. They have this podcast called How Did This Get Made. They usually cover like terrible. I had no idea that was them. I I listened to How Did This Get Played sometimes, which obviously is intentionally in the same lineup uh, with bad video games. And then they recently kind of reformatted. I've never listened to How Did This Get Made. I had no idea it was those two guys. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, And yeah, and uh, the other guy's wife. But uh, so one time they did the last Airbender, and Jason Manzuko's like, he's seen after our last Airbender before. He's like, yeah, and like after our last Airbender, it's like such a good show. Like, how did they mess this up? Like, how did M like just do terrible? Chris, your impressions are spot on today. I Thank if you, I met Jason Manzuko <laughs> in real life, I wouldn't trust him at first. 
to like I'd be extra <laughs> jumpy around him. Like, is he real crazy? Because he's yeah, really yeah. crazy. After I got to uh, know, I'm sure I'd be very happy. But I, just at first, I'd be a little wary. But uh, yeah. So I mean, and so I've heard him plenty of times. Like, appreciate after I was Airbender <laughs> in Legend Cora, and so it was really cool to. And I, he's pretty good friends with Jen Navarney. It seemed like they're good friends. And, I mean, she said that they're good friends. And so Janet tends to like get guests on the show a lot of times that are kind of in nerd circles. That I think she's good friends with, Industry which is cool. People, like yeah. I, I don't. Um, and so like I did tweet out something just like oh like because I tweeted out a long time ago one and also my video that Jason Manzukis would be a great Varric, and then I did tweet out Jen Ryan like like oh I knew he was a fan. I'm just so happy to hear him on the podcast and stuff. No, that's awesome. Um, I didn't catch this week's yet. I'll have to turn it on tomorrow. Friday's a good podcast day, so that's very likely. Yeah. So he was like, you know, afterwards on the podcast, people are like, oh, plug whatever you're in. He's like, oh, I'm in like Star Trek Prodigy, which is like very kind of in Avatar Vane. It's kind of Nickelodeon show, but it's on Paramount Plus. It's about like a group of people, a group of kids, they get a hold of some Star Trek ship. I forget what the ships are called. Uh, well, I know what the one, the one is called USS Enterprise, but yeah, I don't know what like the ship itself is. I don't know anything oh, about Star Trek. Yes, just a, a spaceship. And... <laughs> um, but um, but then he was like, oh, also, you know, he was like, I think I, I think your fans will love this. Uh, but then also he was like, <laughs> he was like, also, <laughs> I'm in Big Mouth. Like, not the same audience. So <laughs> your fans might not love that. And then Jennifer was like, yeah, maybe not. Slightly but, different age yeah. groups of lo- people watching, yeah. I would imagine. I was really into like the first season or two of Big Mouth, and then I was like, I think I got enough of this show. That's one of those where I turned it on for an episode, and like, it's not that I wasn't chuckling a little bit, but it didn't didn't stick. Like, I had no appeal, like, pull to turn on yeah. the episode. But uh, I oh, anyway, at what I was watching, it's not like it was not trying yeah. to mash it too hard, you know. I mean, it 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 did remind me of a lot of going through not going through puberty because that doesn't of going through middle school and stuff like that of just like not knowing things. I gotta be being honest, I don't remember what middle school that is. That is middle like four, five, six, three, four, five. You shot. <laughs> I didn't have middle, well. Okay, so just, it depends. Same, all mine were in the same building, okay. right? The grade. It depends for people. And then the high school. Uh, so middle school for me was sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Oh, like junior, I believe okay, in Kansas. Got it. Yeah, we didn't call it junior high. Mm-hmm. I believe in Kansas, it is. Uh, it is seventh and eighth grade. So yeah, ours is just the high schools across the street from the grade school. That's all there is. That's it. <laughs> Share the same but, uh, cafeteria. Anyway. You go to lunch at different times, right? You get little kids eat first, high school eat second. Same everything. It's pretty wild. Um, man, I, I went off a tangent right before, like, one of my favorite moments in all of the whole series. Like, so the Airbender kids fly over to Cora. They're like, it's Cora. And Cora sees them. And, like, she's so happy. She cries. Like, tears of joy. It's just, like, such genuine joy. Like, tears of joy is just on a, for a character almost makes me more emotional, like tears of sadness and stuff because it is, uh, it reminds me of when Ira reunited with, not that's on a way different, higher, higher level. Um, when Ira reunited with, with Zuko, like Zuko's first tears are like tears of like 
sadness, the tears are like, I'm sorry, uncle. Like, and then Iroh like sees him. He's happy to be reunited with him. Um, Korra is just, it's just, it's just great to see Korra smile again. Cause like the last time, like the last time we saw Korra cry, it was, um, you know, when she was in the wheelchair, she was in Janora's, um, tattoo ceremony, master ceremony. And you know, that, it's funny cause there's a huge parallel there. Like she, she was with the Airbender kids, seeing Janora and she cried. Now this time she sees Janora, she's crying again. That's a completely different reason. Um, just really cool storytelling dynamics with that. The, um, I'm going to have to agree, and I think it's just because I find it a more pleasant emotion that I like, but I tend to be more impacted by the tears of joy than tears of mm, sadness, just because yeah. it's one of those that I'd rather cling to longer. I've I think tears of joy is that. much harder. I think it's much harder to make it emote and, empa- and empathize okay, with a yeah. character who has tears of joy rather than tears of sadness. Tears of sadness is like I feel like it's that's I feel like that emotion is easy to manipulate <laughs> in viewers. It can be sad like Pixar. That's easy. Pixar has has done a good job of that. It's like all right, somebody dies, mm-hmm. but like tears of joy. There's been a few times that I've just had that I've been able to. I find like there's been a few times where shows show tears of joy and just happiness, and that I've been able to feel those same empathize with that same character. Um, I think in Coco, I had tears of joy in there, like Coco and uh, and their dad, like finally met up. Just like, oh my gosh, they did it! And then like that, joy where, yeah, where like it really feels real and, and organic, and yeah, you're in the moment too. You're not watching it and being and being skeptical, but you're already hooked into it. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There are sometimes where like a character dies and I'm like Psh, this is I'm not I'm not buying this. I'm not feeling it. That character was stupid. <laughs> I mean, not the... so and I'm on spot. I won't spoiler. I won't spoil Spider-Man No Way Home for anybody. But uh, I know you don't care about spoilers, but who knows? Someone might. Other one, yeah. No, I, I get yeah. that I'm in the minority. That's fine. There's a certain death that. Well. It's... I'm just like I'm pretty sure other people are loving this or feeling the emotion for this, but I'm not because they do a little misdirect. Like don't don't do misdirects with, with, with you know, emotional scenes you're trying to do. Just you gotta play it straight. You can't be like, oh, this person's fine, and then one minute later, oh no, they're dying. Yeah, I would not be fond of of emotionally misdirected being emotionally misdirected at all. That doesn't sound like my jam. I don't even. Uh, I don't even like flashbacks and stories. I pretty much want stories just to happen in very linear chronological order. Don't don't mess in my head too much. Just tell me a story. Come on. Yeah. I have a very, uh, very so then, manner. So then, Cora uh, has to work to get the poison out of her, and the music is swelling up. The music is great and stuff. Uh, just a great moment. Her avatar state is reinstated. Um, yeah, very much so. And uh, it kind of ends on that note when I tell her, like, hey, you got to go face Kavir now. Chris, let's figure out if I put the ratings on the right slides this week. <laughs> like the first time in a few weeks. We'll see how this goes. Hey, that's a good start. I visual, eight and a half. Um, there's a couple <laughs> different 
four fighting scenes I thought was really good. Kind of fighting with the self. Or maybe that was last episode. But a lot of great stuff. The Banyo Tree, beautiful done. Beautiful animation. But uh, I thought the music in this episode was done really, really, really well. Um, especially when she was getting the poison out of herself. And I like that Cora did it herself. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, really good stuff. So, oh, voice acting, also really, really good job there. Eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half is fair, I think. Eight and a half is good. So, story, give it a nine. I think there's so much good stuff going on with Cora in this episode. Um, this, you know, the whole, I think, aspect of of uh, staying in contact and connections with your loved ones to get through um, to get through any issues you have. I think that was uh, done really beautifully well. And I could also talk about how Alf is coming full circle with her or going back um, and informing her character art. Really, really uh, intriguing. Uh, and I just love all the also those story stuff within the sibling within the Airbending siblings. Uh, that was good story. Got a nine. Rememberable also gets a nine. Just one of my favorite moments in the whole entire show is Cora. Uh, it's the Airbending kids jumping to Cora and hugging her. That relationship, those relationships are some of the some of my favorite throughout the show. Or with the Airbending kids, like she is like their big sister, and I just love it. Easy up to an 8.8 weighted score. I'm struggling to remember what I gave out here, so I might be a little surprised. Okay, audiovisual. That feels mm-hmm. right. Ditto, right? And you know, in short, I'll just say that all of the... Um, I don't know that I picked up on the music, but I suppose in a way sometimes that's good. It's not overpowering or anything. But I trust you when you say if it's building up. I'm sure it's amazing. Yeah, But again, if you're not like being distracted by it, that's probably a win too. But there's just a lot of very attractive animation and, uh, and very attractive scenery. It's just a very good-looking episode. Story, I went eight and a half. Why did I go eight and a half? Oh, you know, it's not really a Sean story. It's not particularly lighthearted. Not a good reason to be that critical of it. Um, but eight and a half, I, very, very endearing. Love seeing both sides of Toph in the same story, the kind of the extremes mm. of Toph happen in yeah. the same story. And, you know, I, I can see how you could say I've shorted this one a little bit. I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with you. Oh, memorable, 9.5. Well, that's a little surprising. Um, but again, I'm probably putting a little bit too much weight onto Toph here, but such a, such a pivotal moment in the series. And then at the very end where you feel like there's kind of hope for past Korra. Like there's hope for a normal avatar mm. again, seeing her come back into the avatar state gives you this glimmer of, of all is all is right with the world. So such a powerful ending there. I think that's probably my biggest credit toward the memorability is just that sort of inspired feeling you get from a very satisfying ending of the episode. Uh, but some of the memorable bil- memorability, that's a hard word to say, is just going to go to the swamp itself as kind of being a character. In, oh in yeah. story that's always exciting but the uh, swamp was probably more reminiscent of the swamp in the swamp episode than the previous episode even though we were still in the swamp yeah, the swamp was doing a lot of swampy kinda, things yeah they in that episode there you know the the swamp has uh, has a life to it but in just kind of a generic 
plant life kind of way, magic plant life. But like here, it really feels like the swamp is a character. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that's I don't know. It's I would cool. love to know. I would love to know the history behind the swamp. Like I know the banyo tree. I I forgot where I read it at, but banyo tree is like a other connection. It connects to the uh, tree of time. I forgot where I read that at, but I'm 90% sure that's accurate. Um, kind of in, in a way. But also, I feel like, like I think it has similar properties. And the swamp must be a spirit in of itself. I feel like it has similar properties to the Fog of Lost Souls. The Fog of Lost Souls shows you things as well. But like, I most like they're a brother or a sibling type of deal. That kind of interesting. Because um, to me, they do similar things. If but they, the fog of law, but the fog of law souls is trying to torture you, while the swamp is trying to. Uh, they both show you bad things, or they both show you. Uh, you know, say, well, it, could it be like a yin and yang situation? Yeah, but like one is trying to help you, and the other one is trying to torture you. Oh, that's an interesting di- dichotomy there. Similar ish things, but yeah, there's sort of in different different end games to them at least. So yeah. I know, that's kind of a yin, a yin yang situation. Feels like I don't know, but um, oh, yeah. hey, like I said, I don't. For some reason, given these these numbers, it's not really it's not resonating really well in my head. But clearly, I changed them because they're different than the last two episodes. But overall, I really like this episode. It's not yeah. a super it's not a super shown like episode, Ooh. but it's a very good episode. Brings eight point eight, so our total was eight point eight. How about mm-hmm. that? Doesn't happen very often. No, I I, I love this episode. Yeah. I wonder if throughout the rest of the season, I'm also mm-hmm. kind of up and down. Because the first episode, I probably gave it something similar to episode three. And then episode two, absolutely loved Cora alone. And then episode three, didn't love as much. And then episode four, I'm right back up. Surely towards... I'm pretty sure episode like... five doesn't... Episode five doesn't go... I know it was a sample size of episodes is going to make that harder to wait, right? Because you know the last few are always going to be pretty wild, right? The last three or the last four, I can't remember kind of where the crazy starts. So the smaller sample size might make it feel skewed, but it is kind of interesting that you're on a very big roller coaster at the moment, (laughs) back and forth. Hey, that's what I got. And this week we even managed to talk about the episode itself, so that's pretty exciting. (laughs) Didn't talk about Shannon Sharp once. No offense, Shannon Sharp. We love you. Yeah, you. my grand my grandpappy told me if <laughs> that was more Mr. T. <laughs> Shannon's always talking about is like some type of saying his grandfather would say or his grandma. Like it's funny. I always uh I wonder what Sterling's up to. I'd be curious. But um hey, thanks for watching Avatar the Last Podcasters. My name's Sean. That's Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. I will put all the details, as usual, down in the description. Thank you so much for watching. Have a good time. Uh, have a good time. Have a good time. Yeah, sure, why not? Whatever you're doing, have a good time. And we'll see you next time. And this time I'm going to find my, my mouse faster. There it is. It went by. Wow, I've got to fix my mouse problems. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>